Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 18th of May 2014, entitled, Himself He Could Not Save. And the Bible reading is taken from Mark chapter 15, verses 22 to 37. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Alright, so the Gospel of Mark chapter 15 will be taking our reading this evening. And uh, we're going to... Pick up with our reading in verse 22, and we're going to read down through verse 37. Gospel of Mark, chapter 15, beginning in verse 22, I invite you to stand in honor of the reading of God's holy word. And they bring him unto the place Golgotha, which is being interpreted the place of a skull. They gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. When they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them what every man should take. It was the third hour, and they crucified him. The subscription of his accusation was written over the king of the Jews. With him they crucified two thieves, the one on the right hand and the other on his left. The scripture was fulfilled, which saith, and he was numbered with the transgressors. They that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests, mocking, said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe that they that were crucified with him reviled him. When the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood by when they heard it said, Behold, he calleth Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone. Let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. Our Father and our God, as we look into your word again this evening, Lord, we look at this familiar passage of Scripture, Lord, that depicts for us, Lord, the greatest event in history when you were willing to come and die upon that cross and shed your blood for our sins. But Father, just as surely as you died upon that cross, you shed that blood that was the only payment that could be paid for our redemption. And Father, we know that that redemption was Sufficient for you to conquer death for us because on the third day they found the empty tomb. As we look at this passage tonight and some simple thoughts here, we pray, Lord, that your hand would be upon us. Give us that which we need, and we'll give you all the praise, all the thanks, all the glory for it. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. As we read this account of our Lord being crucified there, on Calvary's Hill, 
A couple of the verses that we just want to draw our attention to this evening, that being really verses 29 to 32. And if we read those verses again, it says, And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests, mocking, said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. So as our Lord Jesus hung upon that cross, we, we don't find any support. His apostles, those that were closest to him, there from the garden they had scattered and ran because they were afraid. And even when they were trying to hang out on the outskirts as we find Peter there. They were nervous and afraid of even being identified with the Lord Jesus. And as he hung there, we hear those cries when he cried out to his Father in heaven, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And of course, the darkness came. He was totally forsaken as he hung there alone, alone on that tree. But I want this simple thought this evening. I'm sure that you've heard the question asked maybe in different ways at different times. You know, why didn't Jesus save himself? Or why couldn't Jesus save himself from the cross? It's certainly something that's been thought about, talked about, sung about. Why could Jesus not save himself? Well, you know, I can understand a lost world might truly have trouble understanding that question and certainly in answering that question. But for the Christian, it's something that we should absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt in our hearts. It's something that we ought to be able to stand strong on and we ought to understand absolutely, completely why that Jesus couldn't come down from the cross. I wonder if you've ever been asked that question or if you were asked that question tomorrow, what would your answer be? You see, as Jesus hung there, our text tells us that those that were passing by while he was hanging there, his clothes had been stripped from him. He was almost naked. He'd been beaten. But those that walked by says they were, they were wagging their heads. It was a, a show of contempt for them that were hanging there. They were using this misinterpreted charge, oh yeah, he that destroys the temple and build it again in three days. Of course, we know he was talking about his death and his resurrection, but they were making light and making fun and using that that had been used in his trial against him. And of course, then we find that the Jewish religious authorities themselves, he tells us here that the chief priest and the scribes, as they began to mock themselves, just as the crowd had been doing, they made a claim there that, oh, if he, you know, if he's who he is, if he'd just come down off that cross, why well, then we would actually see and believe who that he really is. We know that's not true because we know that he performed an even greater miracle three days later when he actually rose from the dead and they still didn't believe it then. 
But yet, that's what they were there. They were making fun. They were, they were making light of him. So the real question that I just want us to answer this evening, which should be a real encouragement and strength to us as Christians, is why couldn't he save himself? Why did Jesus have to be literally ridiculed and mocked and, and die the most degrading death that he could die? And, and, and even those sinners walking by and mocking and making fun of him and, and making light of all that he was, why did he do that? Well, some would say that he could have come down, but he didn't. Well, from the point of view of having power to do it, yes, but I, I think that statement is far, let's say, less than accurate to what we should say. I think maybe the chief priest and the scribes in verse uh, 31, even though they were saying it in a mocking way, they were in fact very, very accurate in their statement when they really said two things. First of all, he saved others. Even they, these religious people, they were admitting he had done something in the life of others. He saved others himself. He cannot save. Well, I would say this evening that Jesus really could not save himself on that cross. The first statement that he makes there, he saved others. Well, again, we, we know that that is absolutely, undoubtedly a true statement. In fact, it's amazing because these religious people, even by acknowledging that truth, they were in fact condemning themselves. They were admitting that he had saved others. And we know that salvation, in terms of redemption, that full redemption couldn't take place until Jesus Christ had finished his work on Calvary. But the statement is true in a lot of ways. And while he hangs there upon the cross, I believe that we could even say he saved others in the past, in his present, and in the future, all at the same time in the act that he was committing there. He saved others. He saved others all through his earthly ministry, which undoubtedly was what they were merely looking at. Well, you know, he had done all these things. He had saved people from their, their fears and their trouble and their deformities. He had saved people from demon possession and sin. He had saved them from disease. He had even raised the dead, forgiving, a matter of fact, of their sins, which was one of the really big things that got him in trouble because they began to ridicule him because he didn't have the right and the authority to be forgiving people for their sins, although those great words, thy sins be forgiven thee, came from his mouth. And of course, we know that in the past also, far from any concept, just how true the statement they were making, he saved others. We know that the promise of God for the Messiah that was going to come, that was going to pay the sin debt for all of those Old Testament saints that had already died before Jesus hung upon that cross, yet they surely were being saved by the very act that he was committing there that day. He saved others. Yes, in the past, in the present, even as he hung there on the cross, <laughs> even one of those thieves cried out for mercy. And what did he say today? Thou shalt be with me 
in paradise. He saved others. He saved all those that had gone before that had put their faith and trust. He saved the very man that was dying on the cross beside him in future. He saved all those that would put their faith and trust in him. Right down through the centuries that lay before him, even to right here, right now, right where we are this evening. You see, had Jesus Christ come off that cross, this possibility of saving others would not have existed. They acknowledged he saved others. But nobody could have been saved had he come off that cross. It was because he hung up on that cross that that could even be a possibility. But he did stay on the cross. And he did rise the third day after he died. And as a result of that, <laughs> you remember when the Philippian jailer asked that simple question in Acts chapter 16 in verse 30. He said, what must I do to be saved? The answer that Paul gave him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Believe on this one. The act that he committed for you, there on Calvary. So the first thing is just acknowledging he saved others. They were, they were actually making fun of him. And yet they never even began to grasp the depths of the truth that would condemn them. He saved others. Secondly, himself, he cannot save. Well, I believe that's a genuine truth as well. Just not for the reasons that they supposed. <laughs> not for the reasons that they were saying it. You see, they were saying that he could not save himself because of who he was not. <laughs> that he wasn't who he claimed to be. That he was just another mere man. I say he could not save himself because of who he was. It was because that he was God that he couldn't save himself from that cross. You see, they assumed it was because that the claims that he had made were false. They supposed that it was somehow a lack of power, literally the power of God, because of an inability on his part. He saved others huh, himself. He cannot save. I remind you of what he said to Peter not long before this in the Garden of Gethsemane, when they came to arrest him. Oh, Peter, what was the first thing he did when they come to He jerked his sword out of the sheath and he reaches out and he literally whacks the guard's ear off. He's going to protect his Lord. But what did Jesus say? Matthew 26, 52 to 54, then said Jesus unto him, talking to Peter, put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Listen, thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? I mean, stop and think about it. He says, Peter, put your sword up. If I need protecting, don't you think that I could call my father and he'd send 12,000 of angels right here, right now. 
just at my asking. But, he said, if that were to happen, but how then shall the scripture be fulfilled that thus it must be? Peter, it's not a lack of power. All the power of the universe, all I've got to do is ask for it. The angels would descend, we'd be protected, but then, God's promises wouldn't be true then. This could not be fulfilled. It must be fulfilled. I must do what I'm here to do. You see, the reason Jesus couldn't save himself, oh, it wasn't due to any lack of power on his part. He could have commanded the very forces of heaven. He could have commanded them right there to his side, and they would immediately have been there. He said so himself. If the reason he couldn't save himself was not as these at the cross supposed their statements, what was the reason? May I say to you, first of all, that Jesus could not save himself from the cross because to do so would have denied his deity. It would have denied his divinity. It would have, it would have denied who he was as God. You see, had Jesus saved himself from the cross, he would have had to deny and disclaim the very th fact that he was the Messiah. It would have been the same as what we would call abdicating the throne, of denying his deity, of denying who he was. Find that, what was it he said to Peter there in verse 54? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be. You see, for Jesus to save himself from what must be would mean that the Scriptures, God's Word, would be unfulfilled. God's promises that he gave through the prophecies that he sent through his prophets, they would have been reduced to nothing but a mere myth a fairy tale of some sort, which a lot of the world believes it is today. But had Jesus come off the cross, that's exactly what they would have all been. Jesus could not be the Messiah that was promised to his people and at the same time save himself from the very cross that he had to die upon. It couldn't be both ways. You see, Jesus' reason for not saving himself was not that he could not because he wasn't God, but he could not because he was God. And to do so would have been denying that. Jesus could not save himself from the cross because to do so would have denied his deity, but also it would have discredited his teaching. Everything that he had come to teach, everything that he had taught others, if he had saved himself from the cross, he would have literally been repudiating the very things that he had taught himself, would have been repudiating the very life that he had lived. You see, he could do nothing less than exemplify the teachings that he had taught others in everything that he did. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 26 Jesus taught this, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself 
and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, he's saying an awful lot in just those three short verses there. But let me just point out, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. That's what Jesus taught. Well, it's very clear that for him to come off the cross, he would have had to discredit the very things, not only that he was God, but everything that he had taught while that he was here. The same Jesus that could not save himself from the cross is the same Jesus that taught these truths right here to his disciples. And do you know what? That is the same Jesus, the same Jesus that spoke these words, the same Jesus that was there teaching his disciples, the same Jesus that teaches us through his word is the same Jesus that lives within us today, the same Jesus that expresses himself through our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. His teaching, his example, it was for us not merely to know, but to live. Jesus Christ lives today. And yes, he's there at the right hand of the Father, but at the same time, he is alive in each and every one of us. And that was his promise to us. I'm saying to you, oh, they were right. When they said he saved others, but himself, he cannot save. Oh, they were so right. They were all for the wrong reasons. Jesus couldn't save himself. You see, Jesus also said there, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I wonder. I wonder what would have happened to the early church in its very infancy when it just started there in the, in the city of Jerusalem. And do you remember the first persecution that came along when Peter and John were brought before the Sanhedrin? And there in the persecution, they were commanded by the religious leaders of that day not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. You can't open your mouth. You can't teach anything in the name of this man. But their answer, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We can't do anything else except speak the things that he has taught us, speak the things that we've seen in him, speak the things that we've been taught to others. We can't do anything else. Though they were commanded, what difference would it have made if the Apostle Paul, who we read about all of his, his hardships and his life being put under threat, all the suffering that he endured for what? That he endured, Brother Steve, for the gospel's sake. To preach the gospel. To preach what Jesus Christ had done when he died upon that cross and rose the third day. What difference would it have made 
if those tough things coming along in his life would have just shut him down and turned him away. What about, I wonder how much richer the world is today because of actually one of our former Baptist forefathers that was just a Bedford tinker by the name of John Bunyan. When he refused, he refused to, to save himself from that Bedford jail where he ended up spending 12 years of his life. He could still go down there today. You can see what was supposedly was the jail cell door, the very door that held him locked within that place. Do you know, even while he was suffering there in the jail, and as a result, yes, his family was lacking in food and clothing and things in this life, when they asked him to save himself, the words that are recorded as his, are recorded as his quote was, release me today and I shall preach the gospel tomorrow. Release me today, and I will preach the gospel tomorrow. What difference would it have made to the continent of Africa if David Livingston, when he went there, if he had saved himself from the wilds of those jungles and all the infestation and pestilence and disease and death and everything that was around him that he went through there, what difference would it have made to that continent of Africa had he just given up because it was hard? Oh, the list could go on of those that not only heard the teachings of Jesus Christ, they saw his greatest example when he gave himself upon that cross rather than saving himself. He was exemplifying everything that he had ever taught when he stayed on that cross. And these others that not only heard those teachings, but have lived out those truths in their lives, what they were taught by others, what they were taught by the example of Jesus, they allowed to be an example to the lives around them. You see, my point is this evening, folks, is that no, himself, he could not save because to do so would have denied his deity of who he was. To do so would have discredited everything that he taught while he was here. And I say to you this evening that we cannot save ourselves. We must not save ourselves to do so would discredit Jesus Christ. It would discredit his teachings. It would discredit who he was. It would discredit the life that he lived, the life that he lives through us now. And what a loss it would be of the blessings of a life that is larger than us, a life that is more than us, the privilege of being able to have, be a blessing to those around. Himself, he could not save, not only because it would have denied his deity, 
not only because it would have discredited his teaching, but thirdly this evening, he could not save himself because it would have devalued his love. We've sang about it in some of the songs that we've sang this evening. His love was too big. It was too great. It was love that put him on that cross in the first place. It was love that gave him up to die upon that cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Love. God's love for you, God's love for mankind is what put him upon that cross. Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us undeservingly as we are. We find that the gospel of John chapter 10, Jesus speaks a parable John chapter 10, verse 6 begins, This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep, did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. But he that is an hireling, not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. You see, Jesus is trying to point out here that people might do things for all kinds of reasons. When it comes down to it, when the danger comes, they're going to be gone. But him because of his love for his sheep. He said, I'll lay down my life for my sheep. I'll die for them. 
because that's how much that I love them. Matter of fact, John 15, 13, he said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. There is no greater expression of love than that. Jesus could not, not would not, Jesus could not save himself because his love was too great. To have saved himself would have devalued his love, and that is impossible. I was reading just here recently. You know, I'd studied out this word so many times, and I was doing more of a word study on this word agape in our New Testament that, that's translated love. And, and you know, from the things that I could gather, and I was looking at these different sources, is that they can't even find that word existing in Greek before the New Testament. There is no love like God's love. And agape is the describing of that sacrificial love of God for us. And that is the kind of love that he wants us to have for him and for others. That God love. In the year 1898, Charles Garriel wrote these words to a poem that became a hymn. It says, I stand all amazed at the love Jesus offers me. Confused at the grace that so fully he proffers me, I tremble to know that for me he was crucified, that for me a sinner he suffered, he bled, and died. I marvel that he would descend from his throne divine to rescue a soul so rebellious and proud as mine, that he should extend his great love unto such as I. Sufficient to own, to redeem, and to justify. I think of his hands pierced and bleeding to pay the debt. Such mercy, such love and devotion, can I forget? No, no, I will praise and adore at the mercy seat until at the glorified throne I kneel at his feet. And then the refrain says, oh, it is wonderful that he should care for me, enough to die for me. Oh, it is wonderful, wonderful to me. You see, we can never fully express it. We can never grasp it. But I want you to realize this evening, it's not just a would not. Jesus could not. He could not save himself on that cross because to do so, would have denied his deity of who he was as God. It would have discredited his teaching and all that he taught. It would have devalued his love was the very thing that put him on that cross in the first place. And finally, if he had saved himself, it would have destroyed his purpose, destroyed his very purpose in being and coming to this earth. You see, Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And what? And to give his life a ransom for many. That was his purpose in coming. That was his reason. He came not for what we could do for him, but what he could do for us, to minister to us, to serve us, to give his life as the ransom for us. He paid 
the ultimate price for our redemption. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. You see, if Jesus Christ had come down off that cross, you and I would still be guilty today under God's law. It was him that fulfilled it. It was him that released us from it. It was him that took that curse that should have belonged to us. You know, as Jesus entered Jerusalem, for the last time in those days leading up to his crucifixion, even Jesus made it clear for what purpose he was there. He knew. Remember, this was following his triumphal entry into the city. But as he came into the city that day, there were, the Bible says there were certain Greeks that wanted to see him. And in the end, it was Philip and Andrew that came to tell Jesus what these men were wanting. What was Jesus' answer? In John chapter 12, verses 23 to 33, it's recorded for us. It says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But notice these next words. For this cause came I unto this hour. For this cause, for this purpose is why I'm here. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. People therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And notice what he says. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. Even as he came in amongst all of the celebrations, Jesus knew why he was coming to Jerusalem that day. He knew what lay ahead. There that day, he told his disciples, For this cause came I unto this hour. If I be lifted up from earth, will draw all men unto me. We find that the very purpose of his coming to earth was to redeem us. The price for that redemption was for him to shed his blood and die 
upon that cross, not to come off of it, not to come off of it because of any lack of power, but not to come off of it because to do so would have denied his deity as God in the flesh. To do so would have discredited everything that he taught and lived while he was on this earth. To do so would have devalued his love, which was why he'd come to do this in the first place. It's what put him there because of his great love for us. It would have destroyed his purpose that he came to redeem you, to redeem me, to redeem all that would put their faith and trust in him. Remember, he did save others. and He's still saving others today. Only because he refused to save himself, though. It was through his death that he made it possible for all that would trust and put their faith in him to have life. There is no other salvation in no other. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. No other way but what Jesus did for us. You know what else? Thank God, Brother Steve. He is able and he is ready to save right now. Your family, my family, your friends and my friends, those people that we live next door to, those people that we meet on the streets, those people that we pass in the aisles. And I'm sure there's not a one of us here that doesn't have people that are dear to our souls, our own family, our own blood, that are not yet saved. They're not ready to meet God. But may I encourage you this evening, Jesus is still in the saving business. And there's hope. But the hope is only in the gospel. It's only in what Jesus Christ did. Hebrews 7.25 says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. He's able to save to the uttermost all that will come to God by Jesus Christ. Jesus could not save himself because of who he was, because of what he taught, the life he lived, because of how he loved, because of why he came, but because he couldn't save himself from the cross. He lives today and we live today. And as long as he's living, there's hope for all to live. Father, I thank you this evening that, Lord, as we are reminded of this passage, Lord, these words that were spoken in mockery to ridicule our Savior as he hung there for us. Lord, I thank you that in looking at these simple thoughts that we're reminded, oh, yes, he could have called he could have called the very forces of heaven, but he couldn't do that because he was God hanging on that tree. 
He couldn't do it because of everything that he came to teach us, who he was and the life that he lived. He couldn't because he couldn't devalue the great love that you loved us with, that put this plan in place before the foundation of the world was even laid. He couldn't do it. Because Lord, to do so would have destroyed his very purpose and coming, which was for our redemption. So thank you, Lord. Thank you that we realize that, oh, he did save others, all those that have ever been saved. He'll still save those that will come to him today. He didn't save himself. But thank God that he didn't because of who he was. Thank God that he loved us enough that he stayed on that cross and he died that horrible death. He took all of that ridicule. Lord, we just pray today that as we leave this place of worship this evening, that, Lord, for our family, our friends, those we care for that are not yet saved today, oh, Lord, would you please use whatever you need, whatever people, whatever things into their lives. There's nothing more important than them coming to recognize and realize who Jesus Christ is and what he did for them when he stayed upon that cross. For in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.